Playing Pittsburgh is a miserable college basketball experience, and it certainly doesn't help when TV Teddy shows up, but this Carolina team just won a game that was almost an exact replica of a game they lost last season at Pitt. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joined by our guy, Coach Pat Kilby, as we are every Wednesday. We want to thank you every day for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to get your Tar Heels content every day, especially you want to be getting it today because, Pac, we are celebrating a massive victory over Pitt on Tuesday night, 70-57. to 57. That's what we're going to do on today's show is um, just look at this victory. We'll have our four corners recap. We'll have the Shady and Kilby stats of the game, and that is what we're celebrating. Pac, here's the deal. Carolina takes to the road for the first true road game of the season. Carolina has, or Carolina under Hubert Davis has never beaten Pitt. And this time they go up and do it. And Pac, here's the thing for me right out of the gate. Pitt is always going to muck it up. Pitt's going to make it dirty and ugly and gross and nasty. And they foul on every play. TV Teddy's there making himself known to everyone. And yet Carolina on a bad shooting night finds a way to do it. And we'll talk about how this was like a mirror of last year's game at Pitt. But Pac, how impressive was it that Carolina started off in a 6-0 hole, didn't score until there was 13-36 left in the first half, missed their first 10 shots, and still wins? Super impressive. Um, You know, I think the start of the game is what makes this like such an impressive win. Um, I know it was Pitt, and there was a little bit of bad blood that boiled over from last year. We all wanted this one, so this was an important win. But then you look at how we started. You know, like you said, first true road game. We're down early. The ball's not going in the basket. How are we going to respond? And we've talked about it on here before. Um, Defense, intensity, effort the chemistry amongst your team, those things travel. And they certainly traveled with us tonight, able to get a huge win on the road against the team that you nailed. They love to ugly it up, uh, try to beat you with physicality, try to, you know, punk you out a little bit. And instead, Carolina went in there and punked them out. And our physicality was just really, really solid tonight. I thought loose balls and just toughness plays. I thought Carolina won almost every single one of them. And I love, love, love to see that. So, you know, we often use that kind of uh, terminology of like, oh, this is a game the Tar Heels would have lost last year. <laughs> you know that phrase we often get to, pack. Oh, yeah. But in this case, it's literally true. Let me give it to you this way. Pack Kilby, last season, Carolina's 14th game of the season was at Pitt. The Tar Heels were up by nine with 11.45 to go, and they lost by two. This year, it's the 13th game of the season. Carolina's up by nine with 11.45 to go. Literally the same scenario. But instead of losing by two, they end up winning by 13. Pack in your estimation, and I know we got a lot of stats and things that happen to talk about, 
But what is the difference in last year losing that nine-point lead and ending up losing the game by two, and this year maintaining the lead and actually growing it by four? Well, I think a big part of this is um, just our execution level is is much higher this year, and our chemistry um, seems to be really as strong as it's ever been um, in the Hubert Davis era. And, you know, just doing things like single-digit turnovers, um, that was huge. The way we responded defensively and on the glass, those things were huge. Um, I'll tell you something that really stood out to me, though, was, was like I said, I think we came in here and Pitt said, we're going to try to just bully these guys out. And Carolina did a really good job of playing physical. And the rest let it – I thought they let it get out of hand a little bit. Um, and Carolina played through that. You know, typically we can sometimes see Armando throwing his hands up out of frustration or, you know, things of that nature. You can see it on the team's body language. And I thought there were times that our team could have been very frustrated tonight, and they weren't. They just played through it. They took what the game threw at them. Uh, they rallied together, and they found a way to get it done. And that that really stood out to me. And just the fact that we were able to win in a different way than really what we had been winning uh, in the past games this season. Uh, offense wasn't there, so let's buckle down and get stops. And that's exactly what they did. You love to see that. I mean, uh, you and I were talking about before we started recording, and, and I talked about this on yesterday's show. For the season, Carolina had scored 80 points or more in all but three games. Pitt had only allowed two opponents to score 80 or more. And so I had said, hey, look, Carolina, need the magic number is 80. The Tar Heels only score 70 in this game and yet win it. And I love that because what you need is a team that knows how to do it in a multitude, a variety of ways, particularly when the shots aren't falling like they normally are. Um, Harrison Ingram started out missing his first 11 shots, but he found multitudes of other ways to impact this game pack. Check this out. Despite winding in, and he made two very important shots, I should say Harrison Ingram did. But despite that poor shooting, two of two from the free throw line, 15 rebounds, five of which were offensive, three assists, zero turnovers, and two steals. You just love, I, I think that goes to the chemistry. I think it goes to the experience you're talking about. This team able to do things when, when they don't have to rely on that offense to be operating at the same elite level to make it happen. And, and I love your point about the refs letting it go a little bit. I often compare this uh, to baseball where different umpires have a different strike zone and you as a hitter have to figure out what that strike zone is going to be today. You as a pitcher have to figure out what's that strike zone going to be today and then respond and react to that. So Carolina, instead of getting disappointed um, that, that TV Teddy was given the crossed arms like you did to Joe Barry a couple years ago, um, they said, all right, because Pac, for me, I thought Pitt were the aggressors early. Carolina did not start off uh, like they needed to as road warriors, but it was almost more impressive to me that instead of getting blitzed, they responded, took a lead and kept going. So they figured it out. They didn't cave. They figured out what the, what calls were happening and what weren't. And they became the aggressors. They said, no. Jason Capel, go complain about something else this year because we're going to do it. Pac, what, what do you think about all that? Yeah, we talk to our team a lot. Um, uh, saying that we use very frequently is it's not the, the referee's job to adjust to us. It's our job mm. to adjust to 
They're doing great. And um, I think Carolina did a nice job of that tonight. Uh, you saw it in the in the physicality in the paint. You know, Pittsburgh was getting away early with some shoves. We'd go to the rebound the ball, be shoving. We gave it right back to them. If you're going to let it go, we're going to we're going to bring it. And um, so I thought we adjusted really well, like you said. They punched us, and then we came right back and said, "No, we're not having any of that tonight." So um, that was a really good job by our guys to show that physicality and that toughness that I think a lot of teams were questioning. I think Pitt thought they were going to come in and just out physical us and that that was going to be a formula for beating Carolina down the road in ACC play. And that was a huge bell answered by Carolina tonight to let people know that's not the formula. And so I, I just think that was a really big piece to the game tonight. And uh, the, how we responded was, was fantastic. And the other thing I think that we haven't mentioned yet was just um, got some good stuff from the bench. And I know we'll get into that more, but I think that was really, really key for us tonight. Well, needed it, especially with some foul trouble. You know, Cadeau had four fouls. Cormac Ryan got up to four fouls. And so critical to get that. Now, Pack, something else you said there was like Pitt thinking they're going to come out. You know, they were clearly trying to bother RJ physically. Um, but here's what you and I and the Carolina fan base knows that maybe Pitt had missed. This is not the same Carolina team. This Carolina team is tough. Pack, how many times have you and I talked about it this season? How how this Carolina team responds to tough moments? I think about Tennessee. I think about playing Arkansas. I think about playing Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. These are all physical teams that Carolina did not, not only didn't back down from, like we said it after the pit game. Carolina was, or excuse me, after the Tennessee game, Carolina was the aggressor in that game. And they were that again on Tuesday night against Pitt. Pack, we need to get to our four corners uh, recap, talk about some critical things that uh, we haven't talked about yet that were major impacts in this game that helped Carolina get the 2-0 in the ACC play this season. And we'll get to all that in just a second, right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why they've created tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not just some other professional job board. They've got this vast network of more than a billion people on LinkedIn Jobs, making hiring insanely easy when you've got that many qualified candidates. We have big plans for growing uh, Locked on Tar Heels in 2024, Pack, and we know that hiring the right team member, if we were to do so, could help us do just that. All of this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn knows that small businesses, they have to wear so many hats to get their jobs done, and they might not have the time or the resources to be able to hire. But thankfully, with LinkedIn jobs, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Isaac Shade, Pat Kilby with you here on today's Locked on Tar Heels. We're looking back at Carolina's 70 to 57 win over Pitt on Tuesday night to get their first road victory of the season and yeah. to move, importantly to 2-0 in ACC play. 
Pack, we're going to get to our four corners recap where we have four things that were critically important in this game. The first of which is we got to talk about Armando Baycott. We've been looking for him to get back to having double doubles. We've been looking for him to get back to getting lots of field goal attempts, to be efficient, um, to be a critical factor in a game. And he was that on Tuesday night. Baycott's line five points, uh, or excuse me, uh, five for 10 from the field. Six of six from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 16 total points, one assist, just one turnover, three blocks, and a steal. Pack the, the free throw line continues to be critical for Armando. We'll talk about Carolina as a team in a little bit, but um, he, in going six for six, is now back to 80% on the season. That is insane for him. And obviously, I've buried the lead. Armando Baycott becomes the seventh ever Tar Heel to cross the 2000 point threshold. It's wild to see. He's going to keep moving up past multiple of these guys. He won't pass Hansborough, but he could get to second by the time it's all said and done. And oh, by the way, in the process records his 74th career double-double. Pack, what did you like that you saw from Armando on Tuesday night? Well, it felt like a vintage Armando game, and we just hadn't had one of those in um, what felt like quite a while, you know, and um, I don't know if he was battling some type of injury or maybe just wasn't playing as well as we had hoped, but nonetheless, a great time for him to bring a great game to the table on the road against Pitt and the ACC, the true, I guess, true ACC opener now that we're after Christmas break and everything. And so uh, that was just really good to see. And I mean, to, to crack that 2000 point mark, that's huge. I mean, that's obviously very few people do that. Only the seventh all time. That's some big time names on that list. And so congratulations to him. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Agreed. And I like that you pointed out that he's he did this on Tuesday night to kick off AC the main chunk of ACC play. Uh, I think there's something about when these moments come to life, Armando's like, all right, here we go. So I'm really curious to see how he follows this up on Saturday against Clemson and then at Clemson, I should say, and then next Wednesday at NC State. Pack, why don't you take us into the second of our Four Corners recap? Absolutely, yeah. We've talked about briefly about the defense. Um, the second thing here is that um, Carolina was able to hold down Henson. Um, Ingram got the initial assignment. Cadeau and Davis both did a nice job as uh, shorter players when they got switched on to him because he is a big body. Um, you know, he kind of gives me like Marcus Smart vibes, you know, mm. just the way he's built and the strength of his game and everything. Um, held him to two for nine from the field. One of six in the first half for just five points. Goes one of three from the line early in the second half and down to one of ten from three with eight and a half to go. He ended up finishing with 11 points, but he needed 16 shots to get there. uh, Four of 16 from the field, two of 11 from three, one of three from the free throw line. Just done a really, really good job. And that, to me, set the tone for our defense for how we played tonight. And I thought that was just just a key for us uh, to be able to hold them to 57. You know, taking Henson out of the game was just big. It, it really was. And, and Pac, we looked at this coming into the game as like, all right, here's a battle of the first and third leading scorers in the ACC, RJ Davis and Blake Henson. And while RJ, unfortunately, you know, broke his streak of eight straight 20 plus point games. The beautiful thing is that RJ didn't have to, because as you said earlier, other guys chipped in. 
Um, and it's not that RJ had a bad game, you know, he finishes, um, with 15 on six of 16 shooting, not as, as efficient as he'd like to be, but three of six from three, he's up to just shy of 40% from three. Meanwhile, Henson, yeah, he gets to 11, but as you said, needs 16 shots to do it. That's so incredibly inefficient. And you'll take that every day of the week. Um, love to see what Carolina did defensively there. Pack, let's go to the third point in the four corners recap. And that is the free throw line, which has been such a critical part of Carolina's attack this season. They um, Let me look at the Ken Palm update on it, because I know it's been updated since this game went final. Um, Carolina is getting 23.8% of their points from the free throw line. That's 21st in the nation pack. And one of the things I've talked about coming into this game was that um, Carolina as a team is shooting phenomenally from the free throw line while um, Pittsburgh and in particular, Blake Henson is not. So Carolina needed to be physical with Henson, which they did a good job of bothering him um, and feel free to get him to the free throw line where he's not a good shooter. And that bore out in this game. The free throw line is the third part of our four corners recap where the Tar Heels Pack go 19 of 22 from the free throw line while Pitt goes just 10 of 15. So yet again, the Tar Heels make more free throws than their opponent attempts. I, I haven't made a spreadsheet for this yet, but I it is probably more than half of the games this season where the Tar Heels have been able to do that, make more free throws than the opponent has attempted. We know that that's something that Coach Davis critically wants to see happen game in and game out. You absolutely love to see it. You know, when we when we talk about Carolina, I think a lot of times Coach Davis gets some flack for things, uh, probably more so than he gets praise. But I think he deserves a lot of praise for how well we attack the lane and the rim and get to the free throw line. That's not that's not by accident, folks. I mean, that is intentionally designed within our offense. And Coach Davis is a mastermind offensively. If you don't know it, just pay attention to some of the sets and the things that we run, the way he calls the game. Um, to an extent, if I can compare it to football, he's he's a lot like an offensive coordinator, and he's an elite one at that. And he just does a good job of getting us in our stuff and designing the free throws uh, or designing things for us to get to the rim, to get free throws. Just And it's a strong suit of ours. And so he does a really, really good job of that. And the players do a good job of executing it. So. That's a big-time win for Carolina, the way we've been shooting from the free-throw line. And here's what's bonkers about this one, Pac. Remember I said Carolina went 19-22? to 22? Do you know how many of those were R.J. Davis's? I don't. I would guess. Zero. I'll say, okay, zero. I'll say not many. Yeah. He didn't take a single free-throw in this game, and the Tar Heels still went 19-22 of 22 from the free-throw line. That is bonkers. So it's so great. I mean, the, the thing is, when you got R.J. Davis, who's shooting just under 95% on the season, oh, and by the way, Cormac Ryan now is up to 91.2% himself this season. So, Pac, mm -hmm. it, it's just, let's get to the free throw line. Again, we said it earlier, Armando's shooting 80%. This is great stuff. Let's continue to make a living at the free throw line. Pac, why don't you wrap up the Four Corners recap? Yes, sir. Yeah. So obviously with Cadeau being in some foul trouble, getting his fourth foul, we had to go to the bench and uh, Coach Davis called Seth Trimble's name 
And boy, did he step up. Gets 23 minutes tonight, 10 points, six rebounds, an assist, and a steal. And, you know, when you look at those points, he had the beautiful dunk off the sideline out of bounds play. He had the three with the shot clock winding down. And that was five straight points, actually, for Carolina. Yes. And and those are like – that was two highlight plays. But 11 total just really – or 10 total just made a huge difference. Um, First time in his career he's had back-to-back double-digit games. So the thing I see there is just confidence is ascending as we're entering in the conference play, which is huge. Um, five straight UNC points for that, you know, that you just talked about that he picked up. Uh, just just big time play from him in, in a time when when we needed him to step up because Cadeau was out with foul trouble. And we just need bench play, especially when we're, we're being road warriors and we've got three straight on the road. People on our bench have to step up regardless of foul trouble. Seth did that tonight, and that was huge for us. And oh boy, that individual defense that he plays, man, is is just something different. It's next level. It's great to see what he's able to do there. Well, as we always need to do after a game, we've got for you the shady stat of the game, the Kilby stat of the game, and might have another odd or end or two that we want to wrap up on the show as well. We're going to get to all that in just a second. All right, Pat Kilby, Isaac Shade here with you, recapping Carolina's 70-57 to victory over Pitt on Tuesday night. We're going to get now into our Kilby stat and Shady stat of the game. Why don't we hit that Kilby stat first? Yes, sir. Yeah, the, the stat for me that really stood out, second chance points, North Carolina won 15-1. to And the big key there was um, Carolina had 16 offensive rebounds, which was fantastic but they gave up 14 to Pitt. And so Carolina just did obviously a lot more with their offensive rebounds than what Pittsburgh was able to. And I think that was a major, major key in the game, obviously. Uh, But man, what a great job. 16 offensive rebounds, turning that into 15 extra points, big time. And I haven't gone through and, you know, because we're recording this, you know, behind the behind the scenes here, we're recording this almost right after the game. So I actually haven't gone through and do my offensive rebounding percentage from this game. So I'm curious to see how that turns out. But man, being able to convert at that high a level um, in terms of second chance points and oh, by the way, stopping Pitt from doing the same. I can't get over how like I don't know what I'm more amazed by Um, Carolina's 15 second chance points or holding. Pitt to just one, which means it was a free throw on their own, uh, on their own 14 offensive rebounds. Well, that- I'll tell you, one of the keys was that we were forcing them to take long shots. That's right. And long shots are long rebounds. And so they're not getting those rebounds around the rim, able to put them back up as frequently as what we did. And I think that was a big key for, for that discrepancy. Um, but yeah, Carolina just did a really fantastic job. I love that. That's a great point. Well, Pac, what's cool about your stat of the game is it bleeds nicely into my shady stat of the game, and that is just rebounding in totality. Coming into this game, Pitt was leading the uh, ACC in rebounding. I think it was around 42 a game. Carolina was not far off of that. They were fourth in the ACC around 38 per game. But we know, Pac, that Carolina has had some rebounding issues this season in Carolina typical terms, at least. It's something that Coach Davis has been looking for the Tar Heels to do more of and to do better. It cannot all be Armando Baycott and, in fact, hasn't been lately, even by his normal standards. And yet, the Tar Heels 
come into Pitt's territory and they out-rebound the Panthers 51-41. to You already talked about the 16 offensive rebounds, but Carolina also won the defensive rounding, rebounding battle 35-27, to getting that plus 10 margin, whereas Pitt came in with like a plus 9-something margin on the season. And Pac, that is so, so important. And let me just rattle off some of the rebounding numbers because it really was a group effort. As we said earlier, Harrison Ingram had 15 to lead the team. Armando had 10, but man, everyone else is chipping in too. Cormac Ryan had seven. Seth Trimble had six. RJ Davis, three. Jalen Withers, three. Jalen Washington, two. So seven of the nine guys that played had multiple rebounds packed. When everyone is diving in and helping and doing that, it's clear that everyone's bought into what coach is selling with that. And it's so important to be able to not just have done that on Tuesday night against Pitt, but to keep doing it moving forward. No reason, especially as you look forward to playing Clemson on Saturday. 100%. Yeah, that, that's going to be a big-time test for us is moving moving into that Clemson game and being able to use this game as a building block. Let's right. transfer some of these things, translate some of these things to the way we play against Clemson and on down the line. I think that'll be really a big key for us. Pack just a couple minutes left here. Let's talk some odds and ends from this game. Uh, Jalen Withers is somebody we've talked about is kind of struggling to find his way of what does his role need to be for the Tar Heels. And interestingly, I thought he found it a little more than he has this season on this game. Uh, you know, the, the highlight play for him was that tip dunk that he had where he almost, frankly, mistimed it. Actually, I was going to say he mistimed his jump but it was more that the ball just didn't come off the rim as quickly as anticipated, but he was able to have enough hang time to stay in the air, let it come off the rim and left-handed one-handed flush it so quickly that I even, I thought maybe he just like grabbed the rim and the ball didn't even go anywhere, but that was a beautiful play from Jalen Withers. He finishes two of three from the field, two of two from the free throw line, three boards. He did have two turnovers. You don't love to see that, but outside of that, a strong just shy of 12 minutes from Jalen Withers. Yeah, it really looked like he played within himself and within his role tonight. He looked comfortable. Um, the tip dunk was just a small peek into his freakish athleticism because uh, I thought, kind of like you said, I thought he went up with his right hand and it kind of got thrown off in his timing and then he got it with his left instead. And so um, that, that type of stuff from him, though, is repeatable. Those are the things he can do consistently for Carolina. He can rebound. He can score, um, you know, within, when the game comes to him instead of trying to force it. Um, he does some really good things there. And so I thought he played within his role, and I thought that was that was really big for, for Carolina. And, and I hope it's, uh, like we mentioned with the rebounding, I hope that's a building block for him. That's right. His confidence is, is uh, ascending, and he's going to be able to give us that moving forward. One opportunity, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of good things, uh, but we always want to be fair, even with our critique. One one miss I thought the Tar Heels had is that Zayden Hyde didn't see any time in this game pack. Um, I think for me, uh, you know, you've got this three-game road stretch. And then I, I talked about yesterday's show how this was on paper, quote unquote, the easiest of the three, because you got to go to Clemson, as we said on Saturday, who right now it's like Carolina and Clemson are the ACC front runners. And then you're at NC State, which is going to be a bonkers environment next Wednesday. 
And so I would have liked to have seen Zayden High get his first true road minutes, you know, like two minutes in the first half of this game. I, I recognize you're not going to probably play him in the second half. Um, it's kind of a like nuts environment, and but that's kind of what he thrives in. I just would have liked to have seen just a couple minutes for Zayden High in the first half. Yeah, I'm in agreement, especially the last few games. I feel like Zayden had probably earned that, and obviously we didn't see him, so I, I was disappointed in that. Um, but I'll tell you, on a positive note, moving to a little bit something different, Carolina's really been valuing the ball lately. Yes. Um, they just that, and that was what stood out for me tonight is the things you can control on the road in the ACC play, like valuing the basketball, defensive effort, 50 50 balls, things like that. You have to win those. And Carolina did that tonight. I think they had only nine turnovers. So okay. keeping that in single digits. Um, and that's four out of the last five games, I believe. So uh, just, just huge for single digit turnovers, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Four sure. out of the last five games, we've been in single-digit turnovers. So that's that's just big time and uh, a testament to our guard play, really. Yeah. And so um, got to continue those things. But, man, that's the things you can control we did tonight, and that is very encouraging. Well, Pac, all in all, a great game. Again, an ugly game, but it's what you expect from Pitt. You know, Jason Capel, he was probably feeling pretty slighted again like he was last year. I hope, so. I hope he was feeling that way. Great great to see him getting off the bench, being a little like uh, palms up kind of motion and, and just knowing that that big L was coming for him. A great night all in all for the Tar Heels. Ends the Pitt three-game winning streak in the series. Gets Again, gets Coach Davis his first win against Pitt. Armando getting over 2,000 points. Just a lot of good things to build on. And all you can ask is just to keep stacking wins. Now this gives you a little bit of breathing space to say, hey, we've done it on the road. Let's go do it again at Clemson on Saturday. We'll get ready for that game as we go throughout the rest of the week. Pack, it's great to get together. I know your team has a big tournament this weekend. Best of luck to you guys. One of the best teams there in Oklahoma, folks. Uh, make sure you check in on Carl Albert this weekend. Hey, come join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord. This thing is popping all the time. It's so much fun. Honestly, I love the, the energy of the live game thread pack. It's a lot of fun. It's almost hard to keep up with. It's so great. You can also email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on video and audio formats to make sure you're getting in with all the best content. Please, if you would, leave us a rating and review. Five stars. Talk about why you love this show. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button so we know that you are here. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, especially when you're winning basketball games. We'll talk again tomorrow. But until then... Peace.